Yeah, that's the most important thing about being in the industry. It's about support. You have to support one another. You have to be able to be each other's cheerleaders. You know, without that genuine support, you will not get to the next level. That's what a lot of people fail to realize. And that's what one thing that I consistently try to coach to the new emerging stylists or just people in glam in general. You have to be willing to support in order to get to the next level. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like minded creatives just like you on their quest to connect, network and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast, we welcome Brian Robinson, also known as BDR, who is a celebrity fashion stylist. Oh my gosh, I had such a good time catching up with Brian. He was dropping so many gems and just had so much insight and knowledge to give on how to get started in the industry that we we talked for quite some time, as you can see by the length of this episode. But let me go ahead and jump into his official bio. Classic is a common word used to describe fashion and wardrobe stylist Brian D. Robinson, also known as BDR's, work. Resiliency is the word BDR uses to describe his journey within his now eight-year career within the fashion industry. BDR is known for his keen eye for fashion and his infectious smile. He began his career in fashion and wardrobe styling in his hometown of Baltimore, Maryland, contributing to Open Fly Magazine as their lead stylist and working with freelance designers and boutiques to build his portfolio and their lookbooks. He has since then expanded his career by relocating to New York City and adding clothing designer to his resume with his highly anticipated first collection from his brand, BDR Black, releasing mid-2020. Brian has become a household name with working with major celebrities and influencers within the entertainment industry. Brian's clients include Keisha Cole, Kim Fields, Notori Naughton, Bobby V, Afro B, Angela Simmons and Vanessa Simmons, Grammy Award-winning group Drew Hill, and major networks Bravo and VH1, television stars such as Robin Dixon, Karen Kruger, Erica Mena, Yandy Smith-Harris, Sin Santana, and Malaysia, just to name a few. BDR utilizes essential everyday components of his clients' lifestyle to build their signature style. With an extensive background in high-end retail and studies in fashion merchandising, BDR embodies an impressive amount of knowledge of the fashion industry with understanding of fashion designers' aesthetics, color, fit, proportion, fabrics, and textiles. BDR is a true visionary, and his mission focuses on three essential components, which are to simply envision, create, and transform each client into the best versions of themselves. In this episode, we definitely got a chance to catch up. It's been a while. Um, We had a chance to discuss everything from overcoming obstacles of being a fashion stylist of color, the importance of building genuine relationships with his clients, 
to giving us an inside look at what it takes to be a successful stylist. And I have to tell you, I'm so happy that I am a makeup artist because being a stylist just seems like so much work. But um, Brian also gave us some tips on how to get started as a stylist, if that's something that you're interested in. And he gave us all the tea on his debut collection, BDR Black. So let's go ahead and get into this interview with Brian Robinson. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends of Beauty podcast, Brian. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? So good to see you. It's been forever. It has. It's been forever. (laughs) I literally, fun fact uh, between us, I literally came across that sheet. (laughs) Just my behind the scenes, you remember? You you came across a sheet? Our sheet, our one sheet. (laughs) Let me tell you something, I was going to ask you too, I was about to say, do you remember how we met? Yes, I still have the behind the scenes photos. I was literally just looking for the picture before I was like hopping on. I gotta (laughs) send me the picture because I want to post it. Of course, absolutely. I got it. I got. I was. I remember I had on that black and gray sweater. My dad going gold headphones around my neck. You out there beating her face. She's Mm -hmm. in a beautiful gown. Yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. The thorn marks are still on my legs. Okay. (laughs) So, fun fact: me and Brian met at a photo shoot. What year was that? 2013. Okay. Yeah, it's been like 2000. It was like 2013. Yes, for sure. That's why I couldn't find it in my archives because I was looking through 2014. I can't remember what year it was. Everything is like jumbled together. It is. It is. But my um, backup was literally, it holds on to all of those photos from like that time, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. a good reset, which is also good for the career because I've seen how far I've come. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. <laughs> so we met at a photo shoot in 2013. Yes. Um, we trespassed on a property. Yes, we went through bushes and thorns. It was probably poison ivy out there too. Yeah, and sure. never got the pictures. Never, ever, not one. And they were great. They were absolutely beautiful. But you know, those are in an archive somewhere that probably will never be seen. So. Yeah. And you live and you learn. You do. You do. But it was a great experience. It was because I met you. Exactly. You know, and we've been cool ever since. Like I've always been keeping an eye on what you're doing like I'm one of your biggest cheerleaders like I always see your growth your success and I'm just like thank you thank you queen I appreciate everything that you do like you're amazing thank you so much I really appreciate it yes absolutely without question I mean you and know, I appreciate you being about, here yeah that's the most important thing about being in the industry it's about support you have to support one another you have to be able to be each other's cheerleaders you know without that genuine support you will not get to the next level that's what a lot of people fail to realize. And that's what one thing that I consistently try to coach to the new emerging stylists or just people in glam in general. You have to be willing to support in order to get to the next level. You can't sit back and just compare what you do to the next person. Your story is 100% different than that person sitting next to you. So do nev- never put yourself in a situation where you're mirroring what the other person is doing because you're taking away your individuality, your creativity, your originality, you know? And it's like, once you start working, what is this? Because it looks just like the person that came right before you, you know? (laughs) Pastor Brian, he just started us off with a sermon now. I'm serious because, you know, we work in an extremely catty environment. You know what I mean? We work in an extremely... Doug eat Doug <laughs> workplace. And I've just been able to cultivate a way where for me, I want to support those. Sorry, New York City streets. <laughs> My no, it's, it's totally cool. 
Um, I've just been able to cultivate a way where I just want to genuinely support those who are coming up, who those who reach out to me. I want to be able to give them that knowledge that was not there for me. You know, like when I first started styling in 2012, it was piggybacking off of Open Fly Magazine, which I was the executive editor for back in Baltimore, mm -hmm. Maryland. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you know, after I went from their executive editor, I transitioned into their lead stylist. And then that's when I fell in love with this creativity, you know, this world where it's just like, wait, I'm on this set to do a write-up for the cover, but I'm more intrigued on, girl, what shoes you wearing? <laughs> what dress you got on? You know, I'm more intrigued by the creativity aspect of stuff. So, you know, just thinking back and just thinking about when I just looked for research and just looked for answers, it wasn't there, you know, mm -hmm. and people weren't really willing to give me those answers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just never wanted anybody who was coming up who wanted to be a part of the fashion industry in the realm of what I am to just be lost. You know, I want to be able to give you those steps to kind of figure out where you are and what kind of stylist you really want to be, because I messed up in the beginning. <laughs> so we're going to jump into all of that. I want to know more about your story. But before we jump into like yes. all the meat, because I know I feel like you got a lot to share and I'm excited. I have a lot. <laughs> so before we jump into like the nitty gritty, yes. because he is laying it on us already. I want to give the viewers a chance to get to know you a little of bit course, more, absolutely. like, you know, outside of the beauty industry, outside yeah. of styling. So I'm going to ask you some icebreaker questions just so yeah. they could, you know, know a little bit more about you. I'm here for it. So give us three random facts about you. Three random facts. I uh, would say I am extremely shy. You would never believe that. You would never believe that, I know. Um, people kind of know now, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Everyone knows that. But being here in New York City, everyone gets that confused for some reason. They think I'm from all of these different crazy places mixed with all these different things. And I'm like, I'm just an African-American black boy <laughs> from Baltimore, Maryland. You know what I mean? With dreams and aspirations in order to excel. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm very shy. I am extremely... Oh, shoot. This is really interesting. Hold up. <laughs> Um, hmm. Oh, um, funny fact, before actually entering the fashion world, I was actually in corporate America for 12 years. I um, ended in deposit operations. I worked myself all the way up from the ground up and literally was able to get certification within banking. So I am literally like dual. Like I can easily flip back over to my financial aspects of stuff too. Um, people never really knew that because when I first started styling, I literally had my nine to five, and then my five to whatever time I end in the morning. Right. And, you know, I worked with the group Drew Hill then. So it was just like, whoa, life is crazy, you know? Um, another, oh, another fun fact, another cool icebreaker is I absolutely positively love to cook. Cooking is my thing. Like, I enjoy cooking to a T. Like, for me, um, I've been able to not do it as much in New York City until quarantine just because of the fact that it's always the hustle and the bustle and you really have to consistently find the time. Now there's nothing but time. So I've been able to kind of dabble, you know, when time is it's granted in order to kind of get some things done. But I do love to cook. I haven't really been able to cook like that since Merlin. So it's been good to kind of have that moment to kind of sit back, relax, and just mm -hmm. enjoy, you know? So yeah, extremely shy. Really much so. Like, I still break out in hives. Like, if, if too many people are looking at For me, like, I get really nervous. <laughs> so I'll be like, whoa, whoa, calm down. So I've gotten a lot better with speaking engagements, but literally, I would be the person with the voice cracking, like sweating. I'd be like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. But 
being in the industry, you have to find a way in order to come around that. You know, mm-hmm. I've been able to do speaking engagements with 100 plus, 250 plus people. And you just have to look at that clock in the back of the wall <laughs> and be like, you know what? That's the only person, that's the only thing, the only object in here. And it's just made it a lot easier for me. Right. But, you know, I'm really a well-rounded, humble person, you know? So anyone that meets me is always shocked by that because they always think that I have this massive ego and I'm going to be like this Devo mm-hmm. and I'm never that. Like I'm always, I treat everybody the exact same way, like everybody. And I feel like that's very important because humility first and foremost is key. And I feel like a lot of people are seeing that firsthand during this pandemic. Right. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Another question, another icebreaker. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what does everybody tell you that you're good at? As far as in career, everyone goes to my editorials. Everyone raves and loves my editorials. And that's been a consistent thing from the beginning. Everyone says the editorials look timeless. You know, you can't really, spe- mm-hmm. you can't really see exactly when, what specific right. timeline you did that in. I've always been very good with staying away from trends. Like I follow the trends, but I do not incorporate them into my work, if that makes sense. I'll give you the color patterns. I'll be able to mix up a couple of things, but I like to keep it clean, effortless, and just timeless because I update my portfolio every six months with my web developer. And in the event that I just keep doing trend after trend, I'm going to be deleting photos each season because Mm -hmm. it's no longer in style. So for me, I just prefer to kind of have that blank canvas where I can just build and just kind of create things from that particular standpoint. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, What qualities do you really admire about yourself? I'm extremely resilient. I think being in the fashion industry and not giving up is extremely important. Like I've been styling since 2012. And there's been a many a times where I'm like, I feel like I should be further in my career. I know I deserve higher opportunities. And the comparison thing I don't do, but there are certain instances where I do feel like, wait, why, why am I getting passed up for certain things that I am so good at? You know what I mean? And I've had to be able to come to the realization that I do also need to start bringing my personality more to the forefront. Because people see one thing, and that's my work, but they never get an opportunity to see the person behind the work. So this time I started doing some fun facts of my own in order to kind of break that monotony to, you know, potentially see things from a different standpoint. Um, Resiliency, I am definitely a go-getter. If I want something, like in the styling industry, I've worked consistently and I've worked so hard to make the connections which I have. So it's all about consistently knowing your worth and just knowing that you are capable of being able to reach the stars. Like, you know, if you want Beyonce, you can get Beyonce. You know, you work hard and you will get her. So at the end of the day, it's just about being resilient, knowing your worth, just standing your ground and just making sure that you are completely assertive in reference to what do you see as your career goes further. Like I have a five year and a 10 year plan. And for me, the five-year plan consisted of creating a clothing line. The clothing line was thought of, it was born. It was born, per se. And then within the next 10 years, being, I'm in year, sheesh, I've been styling for a minute. I'm in year seven, eight, you know, the clothing line has been born, you know. So I've always had this blueprint or format. I like to call mine the black print. You know, everything with me, I like to switch it up. So I call mine the black print. For me, my black print has been that I would prefer to just consistently always strive to have those goals that are on my 10-year plan met by that specific time frame. And so far, so good. So it's definitely just writing things down and staying true to that 
initial plan. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> last yes. last icebreaker. If you weren't a stylist, what career path oh. do you want to have? This is so easy. If I wasn't a stylist, I would definitely be a television host. I've always, yes, that's my thing. Uh, initially, I did television production and integrated media, and I always wanted to be actually in front of the camera, be, opposed to behind the camera. Mm -hmm. um, I get the same pleasure out of doing it from behind the camera. It's just a simple fact that I've always aspired to be that on-air personality you know i feel like now where i'm at in my career now that i've done styling i've emerged i'm now you know i don't those titles i don't always like i don't like to separate people you know what i mean like you're emerging i'm elite like you know i don't really like that you know i just feel like as i've grown within my career um i've met enough people who have consistently put me on the right path, have consistently connected me to the next dot in order for me to consistently succeed. And I feel like as much as reality TV is at the forefront, you know, it's mm -hmm. definitely still very obtainable. It's very tangible at this point, but I would definitely do television. Like that's always been my go-to, even before styling. I'd be like, I need to be a television host. And you never know, it still can happen. Yes, absolutely. So that's- All of those always. different style shows that you see and styling segments. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole reason why I thoroughly enjoyed, I always ended up going on to um, Fox 45 Baltimore, Fox 5 mm -hmm. DC for their fashion segments because I would always do their fashion commentary. And that was literally just breaking the ice and just being able to see it from a smaller scope, but truly big, but for a smaller scope for me, just because of the fact that this is a two, no, about three to six minute segment and you got to make the most of it, you know, mm -hmm. and how are you going to deliver? And consistently producers called me back to back, love your segment, please come back, love your segment, here's another one. So, you know, the opportunity to definitely enter that particular realm is still there. It's mm -hmm. just that now I just have to push a little bit more, push through a little bit more in order to get to that particular level, you know? Exactly. So. I did my first um, TV segment. So this is, what is this? What is this, Mark? This is May. <laughs> We're in May now. <laughs> I did my first um, TV segment in December 2019 that just passed. Mm -hmm. And I had so much fun. I was like, I could do this. I yes. could do more of this in my future. Absolutely. It's an, I mean, it's truly rewarding because you finally be able to show the world your personality. You know, it's kind of like you are finally in that particular area where people are seeing you. And for me, the first time I did it, I'll give you the short story. We were literally five seconds from starting and they didn't tell me what to do. They just put me on set and said, in five, four, I said, no, no, pause. But what are we talking about? Like, I'm- and you're on. <laughs> yeah, so we <laughs> winged it and it went amazing. But from that moment, just knowing that the cameras are on, no one's in the studio audience, it's a closed set, but millions are watching you. You know, it's like, that's so rewarding. And then I forgot to turn my phone off <laughs> for the second one, but it was in the lobby. The phone was just, we see you now, you're doing great. It's yeah. amazing, it's good, it's good. So it's just like, that's a rewarding feeling. You know what I mean? It's just like, I want more of it. It's like that, that, that adrenaline just kicks in and you know, like, I don't want to stop, you know? So it's definitely been pretty good. It's definitely been amazing. So my story is so complex. It's tell us, tell us why. Tell us more about that. So I'm going to jump back yeah. to how you said you went to this um, to this set. You were planning on writing a story for this magazine. Yes. And oh, it turned right. out that you was into the fashion. Yes, absolutely. So absolutely. how did your love for fashion start to emerge from there? Well, I always was a good dresser. Everyone always acknowledged, like, oh my God, you look so nice. But the idea of being a stylist was never in my head. Yeah. Um, right when I thought that I really wanted to transition, which just to go back a little bit, 
before even television, I thought I wanted to be a publicist. And that was something where, I don't know if you remember, it used to be the show that came on MTV called PR Girls with Lizzie Grumman. And Lizzie Grumman was Ja Rule's um, publicist. And she just made the industry seem so glamorous. Like, you go to the parties, you have the celebrity clients, you literally are just out and about, and you know, you are just making the best press news for them. Like, you know, you're getting them to all of the major outlets. And it was so amazing because I really wanted to follow that journey. And I even... Um, I even was a part of the Florida Public Relations Association and like took it head on. And I was just like, wow, I could really see myself really building here. And then as time went on, the passion for that just kind of fizzled. You know, it was just kind of like that was short lived. Like, that's not really my thing, you know. And then basically speed up to 2009 uh, when the idea to work with Openfly Magazine was originally presented to me. It was an arts and culture fashion entertainment publication. So essentially, I went on as executive editor. You know, I did all the write-ups. I'm an amazing writer. But if you give me a story to write on that I'm not passionate about, I get writer's block. Right. And it takes days. Like, I'm just not intrigued by it. You know, I am a creative writer where I just write on things that I'm extremely passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, so underneath of that restraint, I literally was just like, hmm, okay, I have to go to my first photo shoot. Um, it was amazing. Uh, we did a cover shoot, actually. The creative director, you know, she was still on her way. Um, so we was just on set, just getting the clothing squared away and just ironing things out. And it's so funny that so many people with that, at that, that were at that shoot have blown up. Like, these people have been on Project Runway. These mm -hmm. people have been noted, you know, by Paris Fashion Week and just all over the globe, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. But I just saw it from a creative standpoint. I was there to write, but I couldn't focus on that. I was so focused on, wow, that hairstyle looks amazing. But with that hairstyle, I would totally switch to that shirt. But I couldn't say that because yeah. that wasn't my role. And I didn't want to step on anyone else's toes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just soaked it all in, but took away from that, that after this is over, I need to have a meeting with the owners. And I need to express to them that I think I'm a little bit more intrigued by the creative aspect of it. And I really want to transition. Oddly enough, in that same meeting, they specified, well, you know, we're restructuring any event that you want to go into the lead stylist role that's by all means available absolutely crazy absolutely crazy like ask and you shall receive precisely so <laughs> after we had that conversation you know it was kind of like oh this is like a notch down but you know because you kind of go back and forth your head like wait i'm going for writer to just like close but you're like no you're following your passion you know what i mean and that's what you need to be more more focused on like what do you really want to do so I ended up doing, I think, two editorials for the publication after being on that set and after realizing that's what I really wanted to do. But we'll dive into that. But it was weird because now you are starting as the stylist from just being self-taught. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out the polls. You have to figure out the groundwork in order to make this dream now a reality. So what I initially did was take away from what I saw on that set connected with certain designers that I had personally connected with through pop-ups and things of that sort and just started reaching out to them for pulls. What benefited me from that situation is that the humility was there. I was humble and I was nice to those people every time I saw them. So even though I had zero, <laughs> zero, zero, zero um, experience styling, they were more than obliged to just give me their clothing, you know? And for people who don't know what pools are, what are pools? 
Calls are when you have a client who needs to have a photo shoot, editorial, commercial ad, any kind of situation where you have to have a model and clothing. Calls are the stylist's responsibility. You must reach out to the showrooms, designers, department stores in order to see if they will be a, if they will be willing to allow you to pull clothing for that specific individual or that specific project. And you know, it's definitely a battle. It's definitely an uphill battle. Um, one thing, definitely, we have to touch it. We have to touch on it. Definitely being an African-American man, definitely being African-American, period. Yeah. They don't want you to touch their clothes. They don't want you to pull their clothes. You know, they look at you as the bottom of the barrel. Like, they don't want you. And, you know, you have to really build that reputation up so well and have that name super credible that they are like, you know what? I'm okay with that. I literally had that experience one time. Um, I was in Hampton in Baltimore, and I started pulling from a bunch of cool little spots. But it was this one place that had some really good stuff <laughs> that I really, really, really wanted. And I called the shop, and I asked him to heal out pools. And he said, I'm so sorry, we do not, you know, due to past situations, you know, clothing being ruined, I can't do this. I told him, I said, you know what? I bet you'll change your mind if we hang up this phone and you call down the street to two stores. I bet you will change your mind. He called me back in less than two minutes and said, I got nothing but great reviews about you. Come in whenever you're ready. Nice. To this day, I can go pull whatever I want from that store. And the beauty about my situation, to this day, I think only one store has my credit card. Everyone literally trusts me because of my relationships and the longevity and the fact that once I say this project is over, your clothes are dry clean, pressed, prepped, and ready to go back. You know, I'm extremely professional when it comes to this business. And that's one thing that people have to also remember when it comes to the styling industry. Like, you have to keep those things aligned. You know, it's glamour, but you have to remember the work that comes with the glamour. And, you know, it's, it's a process. But yes, essentially, in a nutshell, the polls are being able to get the clothes from the vendors to wardrobe your clients yeah, so yeah. that the presentation can be seen as it was suspected. And I love I love the fact that you touched on that, because definitely the Friends and Beauty podcast is definitely a space to have those real conversations. Just oh, yeah. To let people know, like, what, what to what to really expect out here, because a lot of times when it's painted on social media, it's just all glamorous. You see them just with the bags and they just pulling, pulling, but you don't know what they had to go through. It's a lot of hard work. Those clothes. Yes, it's a lot of hard work. And of course, we dress up nice for the picture, but you don't know that hard work that goes into it. The days before of just sourcing and the days before of just pulling images and pulling pieces and just putting them away to the side, you know, and Lord forbid, you have project after project, then you have to make sure that your mindset is on, okay, I have this project Monday, this project Thursday, and I have to consistently pull for both of them at one given time frame because one store may have merchandise for both clients. You know, it's extremely important too for stylists to know each client has a different aesthetic. Please don't pull the same clothes for the same people. Everybody type is 100% different. Yeah. Every person is 100% different. And you know, I, from the beginning, never did that, and I'm glad, but more than ever, I've realized the importance of that, because there's been moments when, you know, you might be like, oh, this shoot is in two days, I really had enough time to prep, you know, life has been in the way, and, you know, you could just pull, 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 but you have to always keep in mind, do your research, mm -hmm. know the person, 
understand their fit and their proportion, understand their entire composition, their undertones, you know, in your world, their undertones, you know, their skin complexion. All of these things matter when you're pulling clothes. Like you can't just go out there and say, oh, anyone looks good in a black dress. That might be true, but it has to be the appropriate fit. Each aesthetic is 100% different. Right. So as you were starting to gain experience as a stylist, what, what are some of the things that you did to start to build your portfolio just to meet people to even end up where you are right now? I know, because even when I tell my story, yeah. it's like it, so much has happened in yeah. that time frame that it's kind of hard to like, but if you can remember when you were starting out, like if somebody is starting out as a stylist, what are the things that they need to do right now? Like maybe like the top five things that they need to do starting out to like project themselves and start putting this, put, building a name for themselves. Get this gracious, yes. get your words out. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say this first off, we live in a day and age now where it's 10 times easier. You know, the hard work, the groundwork that us, I can use this word, us veterans have put in, <laughs> we have definitely made the black print a lot easier for those who are coming after us because of the fact that Instagram is booming now. Instagram wasn't what Instagram is now in 2012. You know, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, you have so many different vendors, so many different outlets, so many different ways to connect with people all around the world. That's why I always tell people, New York City, LA, Chicago, um, even Atlanta, you don't have to live in those cities anymore. You can do everything from living in Iowa, Wyoming, because Instagram made it seamless for you to connect with anybody in the world. All you have to do is have a strategic marketing tool, make sure that your products and branding is A1, and you'll be good to go. For me, when I first began this journey, it was extremely important to build a portfolio. Obviously, you want to style, but you can't book a client if no one knows how you style. You can say until you're blue in the face, Oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. But if I don't have the proof to show you, right. it's all word of mouth. So for up-and-coming stylists, designers, anyone in the creative realm of clothing, it's very important to find a team. You know, every generation has new people who are hungry to be a part of this industry. You have to find an individual who is looking to be your photographer on your team, your makeup artist, your hairstylist. You want to be the stylist, you better go out there and get them clothes, even thrift. I thrifted when I first started. Oh, yeah, thrifted people is mine. You have clothes at first because they don't know what you are offering. So I thrifted. And, you know, and also buy in return. That's the reason you have receipts. Buy in return. Some vendors are absolutely amazing. I still, to this day, sometimes buy in return by client requests because it's essentially i see a look that i love and i want it so if that's what it takes to get it obviously you must do it mm -hmm. so definitely create it cultivate that team make sure and it can be a pro bono team like you know we know you're first starting off we know you don't have the capital we know that you're hungry we were pro bono <laughs> we were very much so pro bono i was pro bono for <laughs> a couple of years <laughs> many years so you know, it's one of those things where you have to build that team. You have to have that team that's equally as hungry, that wants to equally succeed. Um, after that portion is done, you must start reaching out to the boutiques. You must start reaching out to the showrooms. You have to show your level of interest. You have to consistently let them know who you are, consistently know your name so that they can become, so they can get to a point where they do trust you enough to retrieve their merchandise, mm -hmm. you know? And that doesn't just require phone calls. That requires pop-ups. That requires face-to-face -face meetings. And I would recommend on the first meeting, please don't ask for the clothes. Get to know the person have the conversation, and then let them know what you're doing, thirdly, or even second. After you've had that introduction, you need to build a website. 
you need to have a website. And there's so many free tools out here. You have Wix, you have Squarespace, which is extremely reasonable. You know, it's so many different ones all across the board. And you have to have that online presentation, that online footprint. People need to be able to search you. They need to be able to realize that, okay, this person is actually legit. You know, they actually are about their business because unfortunately what's the good is the bad. So many people can say they're a stylist, but they're really not, right. you know? So you definitely have to create that team, build that website, do your sourcing, make sure that you reach out to those boutiques and showrooms that you are really passionate about. And on top of that, look for a mentor. Mentors are absolutely amazing. I get emails and notifications all the time about people who want to mentor with me, people who want to assist with me. For assisting, I always recommend experience just because of the fact that they think it's glamour. And they think as soon as they enter the door, it's like, oh, wow, this is really you know, going to be amazing. But no, I need you to do work. <laughs> like, we have clothes to pick up. We have shoes to take. We got a lot of things that need I to be handled. I now that you mentioned assisting, because that's how I pretty much started. Um, yes getting experience with assisting like um morel and danessa and yeah. AJ, working with aj crimson and stuff absolutely what, is, what does assisting look like for a stylist because i know for makeup artists it's totally different <laughs> you talk about taping shoes and doing all oh, this yeah. stuff. You gotta do, i mean it's the sad truth but you got to do the hard work you know you got to do the stuff that i paid my dues to do and i just need your assistance and i'm going to help you you know what i mean i'm not like you know again just to say like i am not that stylist like and I just, in my mind, I'm always baffled with people like, I'm so glad you're nice. Like, you are really a nice guy. I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I'm, you not should a, be. Like, I'm not that person. You know what I mean? Not unless it's brought out. And it's like, I'm always cool headed. And I'm like, that's what's going to give you longevity within your career. That's what's going to consistently allow you to succeed and be successful. So uh, assistant, I've had... I've had some assistants and they've been quite good. You know, assistant for a stylist does require, I will go either online or in person, I will select the clothing in which I want for my set. I will select the accessories, I'll select the shoes. You, are, a part of your job as the assistant is you will relinquish the clothing the day that they say that you are good to go. You'll go get the clothing. I need you to definitely get it to set on time. I need the room organized for my sets. I like everything color-coded. I like everything to be in size order and I like everything to go from light to dark. Because when my client enters the room, I don't want them to see the darkest pieces first because then it puts them in a bad mood. I want everything to flow. So it's a good, easy, breezy experience. Mm -hmm. So essentially, once we're on set, you have the clothes, you have the clothing there. The shoes must be taped. I need you to have the shoes taped. And also for stylists, fun fact is index cards. Index cards will save you so much time. Take an index card, put it at the bottom of the shoe, cut the pattern. Once you cut the pattern, place the blue tape around the pattern. So once that model walks in those shoes, the bottom of that sole will not be scuffed, scraped, or ruined whatsoever. After the shoot is over, rip it off, shoe is brand new. Mm -hmm. um, but essentially on set, I need you to clamp, clip, stain. I need the BTS, which is more important now than ever. Yeah. Um, and just the overall insight. Like I need you to be very meticulous just as me. I need to make sure that that wrinkle, I need to go on. Like, you know, everything has to be situated to a T. And it's extremely important. And you know, the good thing is that the world we live in now, stylists and assistants, assistants don't have to have it bad. You know, the budgets are there, you know, sometimes, and you can gladly assure that they can also get compensated. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's a really intense job. It really, really is. I mean, styling, I've been 
out myself and with assistance all night. Like we've traveled from Baltimore to New York to back to Baltimore or maybe DC, all of these things in one day, you know, like it's intense. And you have to have someone who realizes I don't want to just do it because I see you working with celebrity. Mm-hmm. I want to do it because I like the craft. I like the creativity and I like what mm-hmm. comes with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what creates the story. Because a lot of times they think, wow, I just saw you style that amazing celebrity that I love. I just need to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of work to get to that. Yeah. You know? I, know, I see you do a lot of editorial. You do a lot of celebrity work too. Which one do you yes. prefer? Ah, Here's the funny part. Um, I gladly prefer celebrity. I love working with celebrity, and that's where I messed up in the beginning. I still have my <laughs> my first video. I did it Harbor East, downtown Baltimore, and I was like, you know, going in. My videographer gave me an amazing um, logo spill. Like the production was amazing, mm-hmm. but I screwed up because I thought I want to be a personal slash a personal slash fashion stylist. I don't want to be no personal stylist. Like, <laughs> I don't want no closet evaluations. I don't want to do any personal shopping. You know, I had to come to the realization that that's not what I want. You know, I really wanted to be able to do red carpets. I wanted to be able to do television. I wanted to be able to be hands-on with those individuals that I looked up to or those people that were brand new on TV that I was like, wow, I like their story. And I wonder if there's any way that I can one day work with them, you know? So I quickly, about four or five, maybe six months in, changed it from personal slash fashion to fashion slash wardrobe. Because each title means something completely different. You know? Oh, break them down to me, because yeah. I never realized that. So you have your personal stylist, and your personal stylists are personal. They're going to take care of your standard, everyday person. Mm-hmm. Those individuals who want to create that signature look, want their closets revamped, want to be able to have this over. Yes. See, I'll give you one. I, I, I can do that. I can, I can break the mold and I can come do that. Okay. But um, they want to be able to, you know, create a new style. And, you know, mm-hmm. you need to get in there and toss out what's old and be able to rejuvenate their entire closet so that everything looks new and everything feels fresh and light and airy. With me, the one thing that I always did with my closet evaluations is always put what I love, a signature piece. What I love, a signature piece. Because I do that purposely because what I put right there before your signature piece is that particular garment that you can take from day to night. You can wear that to your nine to five. You can take that to your happy hour. You can strip that off and wear it to the nightclub at the end of the night. So I want to be able to give you those layers so that you can easily be able to show the world that, yeah, this is the same thing I wore earlier, but I can remix it and I can make it look 100% better, you know, so, or different. Um, fashion, you know, but fashion style, and that's more so where we are, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we want the glitz, the glam. Um, styling, for instance, individuals like Real Housewives, you know, things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be able to connect with your audience on a television aspect or a media aspect and really have that celebrity styling. The fashion and the wardrobe kind of go hand in hand with that because with the wardrobe, it's more so with the red carpet. You know, you have that meticulous time, the plan, you know you have the Emmys, the Grammys six months down the line, mm-hmm. but you need to go ahead and start doing that research. You need to make sure that your client stays true to those measurements and <laughs> you need to make sure, <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. And that you just need to make sure that everything is just handled to a T. So fashion is just right on the cuffs of going directly into red carpet. But fashion mm-hmm. is also what I knew I wanted to do because I wanted to do TV. I wanted to style the girls on TV. I wanted to, you know, be able to see the love of hip hop come on on Monday nights. And wow, I did that. That was my work, you know, and that's kind of where I started. But just knowing that is levels. And then costume design, you know, when you have your theater productions, you have your Broadway shows and, you know, yeah. that's a beast of its own, you know? I mean, think of individuals like, you know, 
major concerts, not even just a specific individual, but major concerts, you know, your Madonna's, your Beyonce's, you know, Rihanna's, like, they want costumes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Costume styling is long-term, you know, like, you know that they're going to need those costumes for six, maybe 12 months, you know, because this is a tour, and you want to be able to experience those costumes repeatedly, so you have to meet up with costume designers in order to go ahead and get that process started, in order to make sure that your clients have what they need, but, you know, when you're on the road, yet again, you got to make sure that you stay stay fit because okay. they done but you can always go back to the designers some designers do come on the road with you and you are able to have them a part of the journey so if you need to let something out make something new it's always possible always. i'm over here like dang i'm so happy i'm a makeup artist because this sounds well this i always sounds like told that. i always said that when i was on sets i was just like i feel like stylists have it the hardest like i wouldn't change it for the world but i always felt like stylists have it the hardest because you can do the hair and you can go you can do the makeup and you can go. But the stylist has to be there until the end. I have to I put need those clothes on. back. Yes. I have to put <laughs> the clothes on you and I need those clothes back. Like, not unless you want to purchase them, please. And thank you. Credit card information. Slide that over. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? But being on set for a longer stint of time does allow you to build those relationships. Like, I think a lot of people think we are in that world where once we do something for the client, it's done. No, it's really, like... It's really life-changing for both parties because your clients really become a part of your life, you know, and they are wanting to discuss certain things with you every duck and call. You know, it's kind of like you take people back to a baby state of mind. You now are in charge of their wardrobe, so now they call you for everything. Like, can I really wear those jeans with those shoes? Can I really wear it? It's like they don't know how to think for themselves in reference to styling anymore because you've now, you know, giving them this new identity. And yeah. now they just want to stay on that same wave. And I just been called sometimes, and you know, obviously it's my profession, so you must do it, but I'm like, did you really just call to ask me if you should wear a white or a black t-shirt? <laughs> hey, that's serious, especially if it's a celebrity, because they, they, oh, yeah. they're under a microscope, so they really want to get it right. Oh yeah, well, yeah. without question, without question. But I am proud to know that my scope has changed. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I've been able to grasp some more of the male demographic. At first, people always thought that I styled women. They always thought that I was just women. Women was my only thing. I'm like, no, I do men, women, kids. Like, you know, just yeah. call me and I can get any of that done. But, you know, my book at one point was like 80% women, 20% men. And I actually started telling photographers that reached out to me to do shoots. You know, is it possible we can remix it and we can bring some men into the equation? Yeah. Because my book is starting to teeter and I don't have any balance, you know? So it's that's one thing for emerging stylists too, have balance. Don't just focus, not unless you just want to do one over the other, but definitely have that balance if you know that you want to be open, because it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned um, building relationships, which I always talk about um, as a, as a result of having friends and beauty which started as a networking event i really believe in the the power of building relationships and especially with the industry that we in that we're in how has building relationships and networking helped um your styling career it's catapulted my styling career you know i think people fail to realize the styling industry is this big everybody knows everybody and at the end of the day, it only takes one bad experience. So with me, I do research before I even enter a room with a client that I haven't worked with before. I like to make sure that I know what they like. I want to know. I, want, I need a feel of your energy. 
I need to know who you are. You know what I mean? Our energies must connect. I need to know that this is going to be a good situation for the both of us. You know what I mean? And I haven't had any experiences where I had to be like, you know what, this can't work, goodbye. But for me, it's because of the research. It's because of the fact that I research any and everybody. It could be the person who just joined a cast of a reality TV show, or it could be a Grammy Award winning client. Mm -hmm. But you have to put the research in because you need to know what they like, you know, what they really are looking to get out to the world. So for me, it's a trust aspect. You know, styling is extremely personal. A person is letting you into their personal space. They're letting their guard down 100%. They're giving you the professional. They're giving you the ability to transform what they know as their normal into something that you see as their elevated style, you know, and that takes a lot. You know, being a stylist is one thing. You're like, please just take these shoes off, but it's a process, you know. I always go back to this. We always sometimes try to change other individuals, but think about how hard it is just to change certain habits that you have. And then you'll understand the thought process and the overall psychological aspect of why certain clients are so like wall up here. You know, it's, you have to be able to let that wall down gradually. Yeah. And that's when I go back to, you can't allow what you do to define who you are as a person. You have to be able to, with me, I like to have lunch with my clients before we dive into work. I wanna be able to sit down, have a nice lunch, you know, maybe a cocktail and really understand you really have that conversation and really be able to understand what you're looking to get across. Like, you know, what's changing in your world? Why are you looking for a stylist? You know, why are you changing stylists? Like, you know, I need to know this information so that we can be on a good foot right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And once you break that ice, it's like a first date. You know, once you break that ice, once you see that face to face and you're like, okay, we're good, we're good. You know, it's like, I can go into this and I know that I got your best interest at heart. And that's one thing that all of my clients know. Like, they don't call me days before and be like, oh, so what are we wearing? They trust me. They understand my judgment. And they know that I'm not going to put them in anything that I got for my other girl in my closet. Mm -hmm. So it's all about trust. It's all about fat building. It's all about understanding that it's not an overnight process. Each person goes to their own speed. I've been in my car many a time when I was back home. And I've been with client A. And I'm like, okay, my energy level needs to be all the way up here for her. Like, I know what she's about to give me. I know she's going to be on 10. Yeah. And then my next client could be someone completely, <laughs> completely different, completely me. And I'm like, okay, I understand. I got to come back down. I got to get back into your, into your energy level. Yeah. And, you know, it's just all about the, psych the psychological aspect of it. And just really being able to know that from the beginning, really get to know who you're working with. Allow them to build a personal relationship with you. Allow them to know who you are as a person. One of my good girlfriends, uh, Mame, who is from DC, yeah. love her, you know, that's my sister. We talk all the time, but I love whenever I do something for her, it doesn't start with work. Mame always wants to know, how are you? How's your life? How are things going for you? And that makes me feel so good. It melts my heart because at the end of the day, Yes, this is business, but you care about me as a person. Mm -hmm. And that's more important than anything. You know, it's just like, we can't be working together for five years and all you care about is the business. <laughs> you know, that's a bit off. So I do value and appreciate that because, you know, I started styling her as soon as she got on ANTM. And mm -hmm. it was all because reached out, 
showed an interest, but then after that, built a friendship. Actually, it was over her house. Like, you know, we sitting, we eating, we chatting, we talking, we're going out to club venues, you know, and you have to build that side of the relationship in order for the person to let that guard down. They'd be like, you know what? I know Brian got me. I know BDR got me. I already know that. I don't have to worry about anything because like I said, this industry, people just want clients. They just want people. They just want celebrity. They just want, they just want fame. They just want clouds you know so <laughs> so for me i just work opposite and i feel like that may have been a reason why my journey may have taken longer to get to certain aspects because everything that i've done has been through truly trying to see what's best for the client not with trying to get one up on them and be like oh if i do this can i get a spot on your show can i you know like no you build to that you know and yeah. when that opportunity is right they'll give that to you without you even asking and definitely, I feel like authentic, true authenticity Absolutely. does take like a little bit longer. We, we always see the people who kind of shoot up real quick. And sometimes it lasts and sometimes it doesn't. But if you really, want, yeah. like if you really wanted to last, you really do have to take the time to build those genuine Relationship. relationships with people and then just let the cards fall how they do. Yeah, it's important. I mean, it's extremely important because for me, I'll even send my clients stuff from time to time without them even knowing, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just like, I was thinking about you and I just wanted to show my level of gratitude for you. Right. You know, we're in quarantine right now, but I've been able to softly, you know, just kind of preview my new collection and like just been dropping a couple of pieces to celebrity clients here and there. They don't even know they're getting it. And I'm just like, you know what? Here you go, boom. Yeah. And I just truck the check, track and I'm like, oh, it arrived. Hey, did you like, oh my God, Brian, what did you send me? I'll open it tomorrow. Like it's, it's just about a genuine, it's, it's about being genuine. It's about being real. It's about knowing that you are there for their best interest and not what they can do for you. Right. And that's what makes me feel like I am rewarding them just as they're rewarding me. You know, because when you ask people to do something and when you just throw something at them and they do it on their own, the feeling is 100% different, you know? And I've just been able to just know that when you are out there working with celebrities, it's just like working with a regular person because they are a regular person, you know? Don't allow titles and don't allow stature of where they are in their career to make you feel like you aren't worthy. You aren't good enough, you know? It's like you have to remember that this person is just like you, mm -hmm. literally. Yes, and I mean, I said that because- I mean, you know, flesh and bone. Huh, I mean, for real. And you know, that's what I realized when I was able to finally work with my dream client. Like, I love Keisha Cole. I was about to ask you about Woo! your dream client, Miss Keisha Cole. Oh Tell us about that gosh. situation. Spill the tea. Oh my gosh, like that right there I was like chills like I think people like when people like my best friends who know me they like Brian you are a Keisha stan like you go hard for her like you love her and I'm like yeah because like you know I like artists like that I can relate to you know what mm -hmm. I mean I want to be able to turn on the album I want to be able to turn on the song and I want to be able to have it hit me and I can relate and I can understand exactly what you're going through you know and I want to mm -hmm. be able to work with people when I can understand their story you know and she's real yeah. First and foremost, she's real. And that's what I can, that, that's beyond anything else. That's why I love her. Because at the end of the day, that energy that she puts online, that energy that she put on her shows, that's the same energy that you get when you see her in person. Okay. That spirit, that soul, that everything about her, I love. Like, she is absolutely amazing. I definitely got that opportunity just by being consistent. I reached out to her years ago. Funny story. The first time I styled, um, 
Angela Simmons and Vanessa Simmons. I was supposed to, you know, potentially work with her. And, you know, things were in the air. We were trying to figure it out. But my Angela and Vanessa was confirmed. So I was like, you know what? This is New Year's Eve. I'm gonna make all three of these happen. <laughs> like I was like, I'm gonna drop past Angela's and Vanessa's. I'm gonna get them together, and then I'm gonna wait for her to send the address, and then we will get that one together. Schedules didn't permit, but what did stand out is I didn't give up after that. You know, it's like that opportunity didn't work. Totally fine. But it's about the communication. It's about the follow-up. It's about the knowing that this is someone that you want. This, like, for me, I always wanted to work with her. Like, I'm telling you, I get chills now. I literally always wanted to work with her. So I, this was God. I, this can't be no but God. I was on Facebook, and out of nowhere, a promotion for her popped up. Out of nowhere. And it said she's going to be in New Jersey on Valentine's Day performing. Mm -hmm. I said, no way. I contacted her right away. And I was just like, listen, I would love to work with you. I will be at the concert. Like, this is the moment that, you know, like, I feel like the, the stars can align. Like, we can just yes. make this happen. She responded, as always, she is a true supporter of her fans. Like, she, she, she was there. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, let me know what you got. Let me know what you got. And I was just like, this can't be happening. Like, this can't be real. Really cool. Each day went by, communication, you know, obviously built and built and built and built. And literally, come day of concert, I meet her, I have the clothes, and we are in hair, makeup. And it was Valentine's Day, so we was doing something red. And, you know, the looks aligned out. And by the time I went out, you know, just to check something for her and came back, you know, I was out there just looking at the overall setup where she was about to perform and came back, you know, she had already had the clothing that I had to the side for took to the fitting room. I, you know, your heart is beating because you're like, this is, the one. <laughs> this is the one, like, this gotta work, please come out looks amazing okay oh, you got me nervous the way you okay, what happened? <laughs> she comes out she looks amazing um but more importantly than the clothing and more important than the opportunity finally presenting itself was just the humility on both mm -hmm. ends you know what i mean just the just the raw connection you know what i mean just when you can know in your head that you want to work with someone and then when you meet them they are still that person that you've always envisioned in which they were that was the most yeah. rewarding aspect of it to me i feel like that's a blessing it is. Real, because a lot of times we we see people and we paint this picture of who we think they are based on how they you know portray themselves mm -hmm. in the public and then you meet them it's like that is not the person i thought it was going to be and that's happened to me before you know and like and, and that's really upsetting because you have this idea of who this person is through their artistry. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've been on that side. You know, I've had that incident once. And, you know, I just never, like I said before, I've never allowed myself to take it personal and, you know, take that like a, a personal attack. Yeah. I just, you know, figured maybe a bad day, you know, maybe something might've been off. They may have not even been feeling well. Yet again, we're human, you know? So it's just upsetting just because of the fact that you hold that person at such a high, at such a high level and a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And then to see that they are a complete asshole, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. I'm what? glad it worked out with Keisha though. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to this day, still in communication. Um, 
funny enough, I had another look for her for her next upcoming show right before <clears throat> Corona shut us all down. So, you know, communication is there and that's what's most important. You have to keep your communication open. You have to make sure that you check up on people that you care about. Like, you know, once the opportunity door is open, you have to consistently assure that you keep that open line of communication. You have to show the person that it's not just working with you just because you're my dream client. It's not just working with you because I just wanted the opportunity. No, you actually genuinely care. You appreciate their artistry. You understand what they bring to the table. You get their story. And for me, the people that I like to work with in this day and age is people that I can connect to their story. Because if I can connect to your story, that's, that's, we're both going to be on the same page. We're both going to understand each other. We're going to vibe off of each other. And we're going to be able to deliver the best work possible. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that's one thing, too, mm -hmm. that people should definitely keep in mind. Try to work with people that you can build with. Don't just try to get kids. Don't try to get names. Don't just try to build that portfolio. Try to work with people that you can really cultivate those relationships with, that you can really build with, that can take you to other places that you want to be in life yourself. You know, there's so many success stories when there's been hairstylists or makeup artists or stylists that have stuck with their clients and those clients have taken good care of them because they understand that that person is there with the correct intent. Right. That's extremely important. You know, extremely, it's, it's, it's extremely important with clients. And when it comes to like, just building, um, relationships with other people in the industry, yeah. you don't want people to feel like you're only friends with them just because of what you think they can do for you or the, the rooms that they're in and how you can be associated with them. It has to be genuine. Like it does. It does. I mean, and when the energy isn't genuine, you can tell. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. You know, you have to have that overall rapport with your client. If you don't have that overall rapport with your client, the relationship is not going to last. Right. It's so not. talk to me, talk to me about this pushing through, this push through. I know through. over this eight years, it's been things oh. that you had to push through, challenges you had to overcome. What are some things that you had to overcome? You know, this is my mantra. Like I live, eat, sleep, breathe, push through. Like for me, I, when my personal trainer, you know, he would die laughing. First off, like he's from Jersey. So he thinks I'm country as hell. Like every time we're talking, he's like, you have so many different sayings, so many different slurs. He's like, what does push through mean? What does you better do with me? What does give it to him mean? What is all this? <laughs> so we had a conversation and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to put push through on my t-shirt. I'm going to put push through on my shirt because at the end of the day, it's bigger than just push through. Like you hear so many people even say that on a daily basis. And I feel like living through the situations in which we are now, you have to push through more than ever. Push through is more of a thought process. It's a way of life. It is a ability in order for you to know that what you're going through, you will overcome. What you're going through is not going to break you. You know, for me, push through is being resilient. Knowing that I could have given up on my dream career, knowing I could have given up when I didn't get certain opportunities just because I felt as if I was overlooked by someone who wasn't equally as talented as I am. Mm -hmm. And for me, I went back to my thought process of I know my worth. I know who I am as a person. I know what I bring to the table and I know exactly what I deserve. And what I'm going to do is consistently push through until I get exactly what I know I deserve. Okay. <laughs> I felt that. And that's the attitude that you have to have with that. I felt that, like seriously, I yes. felt that. <laughs> that's the type of passion, that's the type of energy that you have to bring to the things that you love. Yeah. You have to push through. You have to push through. And the, the thing is, like for me, I just like to encourage people, you know, I like for people to be encouraged. I don't want anybody to feel like their dreams are too big. I don't mm -hmm. want anyone to feel like I come from poverty or, you know, I come from, you know, just any situation and that what you want to do in life is just going to be overlooked. You have to realize that. I mean, I look at my own success story, like, you know, 
for me, coming from middle class family, all of that stuff is fine. But coming from Baltimore, Maryland, being an African American man, that's already making history within itself. You know, it's just like you are literally changing the overall dynamic of how life could have been, you know, and really being able to want to be a voice. You know, I'm really big into social advocacy in addition to wanting to be in the glamour, you know, mm -hmm. so I really wanted to be able to show firsthand you are able to exceed and get through any possible situation you can and will want to do so. You know, and that's why I'm just like push through. Um, I've literally been able to cultivate a capsule collection of nine to 10 pieces. The first collection is all black. Um, mm -hmm. I did that purposely. BDR black isn't because I like black. BDR black is because it's black excellence. It's upper echelon. It's making sure that you know your worth and making sure that you're going to push through and make sure that everything about you is rich, regal, and pristine. Mm -hmm. You know, never let anyone tell you that you are not something in which you know that you are. Period. Right. You know, so that's my thing. So with the first collection, I just wanted to do every piece in black. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do that first off because working in glam, what color do we always go to? Black. black and i hate it sometimes i'm yeah. not a weird yeah. color but it's the uniform yeah but for me i literally loved it because it was just like okay cool i can easily go ahead and adapt to my community i can easily adapt to all communities and i can easily show them that dreams are real dreams are possible like mm -hmm. that was another crazy situation like my manufacturer literally fell in my hand you know like so many people still look for these kind of things you know yeah. and it's just like Everything was just like, oh, here's a guy that can help you. There you now go. You see, from what I from what I can gather, I feel like it's a, it's a lot to do with setting the intention. Like mm -hmm. you had this five, 10 year plan. You had already set the intention, but then you went to work. Yeah. So a lot of people say, I want to do a clothing line. And they just think it's going to be like that. But you put in the work, you built the yes. relationships, you put in your time. So that when, when it was time for BDR Black to be born, you know, everything just kind of aligned because you had already put the work in, you're meeting people consistently, building relationships with them. So it's like when you need something, it's like... Yeah, I mean, that was the important part of it. Like, you know, it's like you really want to be able to <clears throat> take what you know from showrooms and take what you know from design aspect and textiles and patterns. And, you know, if you actually are about your business and about your brand, as a stylist, you know what you need to do. You know... Okay, this textile, this fabric doesn't go well with this. This is not going to feel right. This is not going to go good. But for me, for BDR Black, I was like, I always want certain things that ain't on the market. Like, I'm like, oh, can I get a shirt that got a zipper here, a hidden yeah. pocket here? Like, you know, things that don't exist. And then I was just like, create it. Like, my premium luxury tee is um, black. It's 100%. Well, hold on. No, not 100%. It's 75% cotton and it's 30, no, 75% cotton and 25% suede. And it's mm -hmm. so nice. But what I did for my guys and girls can wear too, but the girls actually surprised. Um, my brand was only going to be menswear, but I had to take care of the ladies. So my women's wear is on the way. So I'm super excited about that. But for the t-shirt, I made it so intricate. I gave you side zips that go all the way up to the armpit. So if you need to go ahead and get it a little bit of breathable, feel free. I also gave you hidden pockets on the side. So when you have a t-shirt on, if you got something like chapstick, your wallet, or something that you just need to throw in your pocket really quick, and your pants don't have pockets, just slide it right into the side of your shirt, and you'll never even know that pocket is there because it's super hidden. Like, everything is to a T. My short 
shorts have gotten raved already and they're not even out. Like COVID has messed up everything. Like my collection was supposed to be out in March. Everything has just been previewed. And every individual that have seen my shorts love it. My shorts have five hidden pockets, literally side zips, compression shorts underneath, which are climacool. So once you're in higher temperatures, your body will go directly back to a normal state. Literally also added a tail pocket on the back of them. So if you want to wear them to the gym, slide your tail right through the back pocket. You don't have to worry about holding the tail as you walk through the gym. I gave you a cell phone pocket. I gave you a wallet pocket. I gave you three pockets on the outside of the shorts. And I gave you three in reflective. So if you wear them at night, you can clearly Wow, this sounds amazing. (laughs) 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 I'm just like, this is a lie. This sounds amazing. Yeah. I mean, whatever's the thing. Like, if it's like... If you only have one opportunity to get one collection, you gotta go all in. Like, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to present it appropriately. Since we are doing this interview, and since my birthday is on the 24th, and I will give you the no one else knows about this. I haven't told anyone else. But in light of, you know, unfortunately Kobe Bryant passed away, that mm-hmm. was extremely tragic. Yes. We share so many similar stories. And the funny part, he's iconic. His number was 24. My birthday is on the 24th. Mm-hmm. I gave him a tribute tracksuit in my collection. And the tracksuit is 100% scuba, neoprene, his number 24, exactly like it's written on his jersey, is exactly on the back of the tracksuit, literally in black wax, extremely stretchable. I'll send, you the, I'll send you a photo of it too, so you can take a look at it, but okay. extremely stretchable and everything about it reads regal success. And it's so weird, I feel like, Honestly, God has given me a sign that this is the piece that will catapult the collection. Everywhere I've been looking for the last month, I see nothing but the number 24. It's I'm a like, sign. That's, that's a sign. That's a sign. Everywhere I've looked. And I've been talking to one of my friends. I'm like, this is crazy. I was like, everywhere I look, it's 24, 24, 24, 24. I'm like, I look at bags, it's a 24. It's like everywhere I look, it's just been like, it's it's speaking to me already. And literally that one just got finalized for my manufacturer when they reopened on Friday. And that will be here live, I think by Wednesday or Thursday. Hopefully before my birthday on the 24th. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like super excited because what I've done with the collection is taken people who I acknowledge, look up to, and kind of give you a remix and kind of feel like if you were here, this is something that you could wear for my collection. Like, I was a huge fan of Aaliyah. Like, I feel like she was the innovator. Like, I feel like artistry isn't what it is, and I don't feel like anyone could ever touch what she's did. I feel like she was her own entity. Mm -hmm. And for the female collection, my way of not being able to style her, but wanting to kind of vicariously live through her, is I created pieces that I know that she would love to wear. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have to have that mindset. You have to be able to still bring it to life. You know, I thought Mm -hmm. Aaliyah 2020, what would she wear? boom, made it. Like, you know, I, it's just like, you have to be creative. And that's what yeah. we have to do as creators. When do you plan on releasing the line now since the whole COVID thing? Are you trying to see how things like play out? Yeah, I was really trying to see how things play out. Um, cool thing is I am in a showroom. I'm in the number one showroom. Well, ah. I am in one of the top, let's say that. I'm in one of the top showrooms in New York City, um, located off of Fifth Avenue, which mm-hmm. is amazing. So, you know, that opportunity was given to me and I'm extremely, I'm extremely blessed and extremely grateful for it. Um, so the clothing will be available for stylist pools via the showroom. Uh, I've been experiencing so many amazing celebrities as I go there, like Billy Porter's always there. Oh my gosh. Like, these amazing people, like their team is always there. Um, ironically, you know, it's just that 
I've just been really able to connect the dots and just like certain people just fell into my life at certain parts of this journey that's just been like, wow, I really appreciate this, you know? So that will be one aspect that's available. And the showroom will be back open on June 1st. It's called the Confessional Showroom in New York City. Um, June 1st, everything will be physically available, stylists, designers, well, stylist can feel okay. free to go in review everything if you need a poll contact johnny he will take care of you um other than that i will be doing e-commerce e-commerce is definitely underway ah oh, you know antoine maxwell mm-hmm. one him. of my favorite people here one of my he, favorite photographers yes. i'm gonna have to get him on the podcast yes. well he hear this antoine i'm coming for you yeah i love him <laughs> He actually has my collection right now. He is actually taking care of the photography underneath a quarantine. Okay. So, yeah, so um, once those um, rendered images are back, everything will be physically, uh, phys- physically, phys- tongue-tied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Physically, shot unit. Everything will be available <laughs> online for you to review. Um, but it's it's pretty spicy. I have... Uh, definitely worked with a lot of black. Uh, I've done spots of white, a little bit of 3M. I love that shine. I love the reflect. I love just the, you want to be that center of attention, you know, yes. but subtly. And like, I've just been able to appreciate that. So once Antoine has those images back, that'll be uploaded to the site that's already done. That's mm-hmm. like, oh, public. So I'm looking to have that hopefully cross fingers. I would say at least by September, okay. we will have everything ready i'm just really trying to be careful because i know how much COVID is affecting so many people you know what i mean and i know as much as people want to support it's such a difficult time you know Mm -hmm. and i don't want to they got their stimulus checks that is true that is true that is true but no i mean all actuality maybe not september i want to really probably have it released i would say mid-june mid-june is more around the time frame that i feel as if would be absolutely perfect and then i would say the full release of women's would be September. I'm going to definitely give you some spot teasers, but the full release will probably be September because after the first collection, I did introduce color. Just because it's BDR black doesn't mean everything is black. I definitely did some midnight blue, some hunter green, some tangerine. I did some, uh, the neon green is one of my favorites. I did like a cherry pop red. Um, I did a really deep, a deep, deep, deep purple. Like it's just all over the place. And the women's stuff, I'm like, do I need to make this unisex? Because I kind of want to hop up in this my damn self. Like, this is <laughs> that would crazy. Be, that would be interesting. It would be, but I've done so many dresses and so many robes and so many um, caftan looks and just, this is so much beautiful ready-to-wear stuff. Yeah. You know? And I've created masks, you know, from what we're going through now, but it's just... I'm finding my creative groove on the designing aspect of things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like with the first collection, there was not really any trial and error. It was kind of like I knew what I wanted and I kind of really got that idea over to my team. So we really were able to knock it out of the ballpark. But now that I'm kind of in that designing groove, it's kind of like I eat, sleep, breathe it. I'd be like, oh, I need another one of those. But this time, let's go ahead and add a zip there. Let's go ahead and change that color wave. Let's just do, you know, all these cool, funky things. Yeah. Because the last thing I always wanted my creators to know, because a lot of designers that I've been showing love to my entire career, like I, to this day, I could 
work with anybody. And I'll still go back to my DC people and be like, listen, I got this person. I would love for you to be a part of this situation. You know, mm -hmm. like just because I get hired people doesn't mean that I forget about the people who helped me when mm -hmm. I needed that assistance from the beginning. So for me, I reach out to them. But what I've noticed is that some people have been extremely back off because I now have a brand. And I'm like, what you did for me in the past hasn't been forgotten. And more importantly, this is about character. And this is about understanding that this has been a professional. Yeah. What I'm doing over here in no way, shape, or form looks like what you're making. You know what I mean? So I never intertwine those lines. Like yeah. what BDR Black is doing, I ain't even seen from y'all. So, you know, it's all about remaining true and having that overall originality, which is mm -hmm. key. You know, that's how you don't lose your overall Black print in reference to who you are as a person. I it's love cool. this. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so excited to see this line. Yeah, it's um, really the way that you described it, it's almost like I can really visualize the pieces like as you're yes. as you're saying it. Yeah, it's really cool. I did a teaser video. Um, I did a teaser video and it's dark, it's moody, it's edgy, and it's kind of giving you the overall feel of what the visuals will look like. You know, mm -hmm. with all of the presentation that I'm putting into everything, it really breaks it down and gives you that overall feel of I understand where he's going because for me it's a story mm -hmm. and each collection is picking up where the last collection left off like for me I want to be able to create that long lasting appeal and just have the longevity with it like I want the same success from styling to be able to translate over to the wardrobe but it does work you know now having a collection I am always having my beautiful black bag next to me you know and clients hey listen we can make this work you know mm -hmm. I'm grateful I've been able to get the collection on NFL players so far. Um, Bobby Valentino has worn my stuff for his magazine cover shoot. Um, who else? My May has my stuff. Um, Megan James from VH1 has my stuff. Like, so many people. It's in rotation, like, all over the place. And it's really crazy to kind of, it was weird, though, to see. Styling is one thing because you're pulling other people's clothes. But when you're letting go of something that you know is near and dear to your heart that you created, it's kind of like, I gotta let you have this because I did create this to sell this. But it's yeah, of, oh, like a baby. Yeah, so it's like you're giving a part of you away, you mm -hmm. know, and that's my thing. So it's been a journey. I definitely couldn't do it without the support, you know, family, friends, first and foremost, and God, just making sure that everything is going in the manner in which I need in order to consistently see success in the way that I want to see it, you mm -hmm. know? And I feel like as we spoke on, television can certainly be next. It's never too late, you know? It's about doing things like this. It's about allowing people to see that personality. It's about allowing people to enter your world in order for them to understand you, you know? Mm -hmm. That's vitally important. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely showing a lot more yourself so people can relate to you. Don't do Yeah. I mean, because that's the one part I've always been like, going back to Shy. I you can never recall, I've not done one Instagram live video. No one knows. Half my followers don't know how to talk. They don't know anything. You've never done Instagram live? I've done lives, but not with me being a live topic. Like, you know, not with me. I know. I know. I I've, you. Never, I've never just done like the, so guys, this is like never. Ever. Yeah. Like I'm I'll show you when I'm strolling down the street or like going to a showroom, but actually putting myself in front in order for it to overall just become that situation. No. Mm -hmm. I have many videos on YouTube when I worked for um, the magazine company, Open Fly Magazine, mm -hmm. when I did tons of interviews with them. And I saw the interview that you did with Yandy when you interviewed Yandy. That you know what? Thank you for saying that. Because that one was able to kind of be calmer about, you know, my um, industry brother, he does have videography, you know, so I've known her for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to 
know her, you know, be introduced to her several times has been able to make me feel a lot calmer about, you know, cameras on, interviewing mm -hmm. people of that magnitude. But that was an amazing interview. Like her skincare, I have not actually tried just yet, but it's in the, it's in the vault, it's coming next. Like mm -hmm. I have so much skincare, it's absolutely crazy, but it's <laughs> down there, it's coming. But um, a lot of people saw that interview and gave me a great reception. Like they was like, wow, you did a really good job. You felt like you, you were calm, like everything yeah. together appropriate. So. That was a cool one, but I literally just put that in my story the other day, but I don't watch it. Like, I get so freaking nervous, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, the thought of listening to my voice play back is like, oh no. I've gotten used to it now, because at first I used to hate it, but now, because yeah. I have to edit this podcast and everything, yes. so I got to listen to my voice over and over oh, again, so... But I mean, you've been doing absolutely amazing. Like, you know, it is truly kudos to you as well because I've just seen nothing but just like elevation of success and elevation and consistent growth. And that's just, you know, when I see that, it's so important to just recognize that, you know, because it's just like, I know the stories, you know, like we have come so far. And yeah. I think it's a Robinson thing too. Yeah. It is, you know that. Like, hello, it's excellent. We, okay. We, we just got it. We just got it. It's we there. We just got it. Yes, we do. And I'm just telling you, as far as styling and as far as designing goes, I've already, just for anyone listening who just know that we went through this situation and don't know what next steps, um, I am 100% certified in, sanif in sanitation. I got my sanitation license. I got that as of April. So, you know, I'm taking the COVID-19 situation extremely serious. Mm -hmm. I've made sure to get the certification, make sure that I have all the appropriate documentations on set whenever anyone needs to see it, just because it just makes people just feel a little bit better, you know? So everyone's taking it serious. I just wanted to make sure that I went that step and got it just to make sure that clients see it. Hey, you're good to go. Let's get to work, you know? So it's important. It's important. But well, thank you so much. You're welcome, love. I appreciate Thank you that. so much for sharing your time, sharing your thoughts, yes. your wisdom. You have so much to share. I, I feel like we could talk for much longer, but I'm not going to hold you up. Hold you up. Oh my God! <laughs> but I will tell you though, I do. I am starting master classes for. Good. Yeah, I did want to put that in there, so you do have that. I'm starting. I, look, classes. I'm the person since I'm an educator now. Yes. I'm always when I see it in somebody. Mm -hmm. I always try to push people to teach. So I was going to talk to you after we finish this, but you yeah. definitely, yes. Yeah, said I, I need to do that because I'm, just what I have seen and just with the way that the industry has changed so much, just with the time frame of me being in it, mm -hmm. you know, I want to be able to deliver that information to those audiences and be able to allow them to be my students and, you know, introduce them to ways of making long lasting brands. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want any overnight, I don't want anybody who is just overnight success and just here for this one big opportunity and then you're done. I want those hungry individuals who definitely understand this is what they want, this is how they see it, and I just want to be that light at the end of the tunnel for them because it's just, I feel like we're in this day and age that we're in, it's just all about, you got to get back, you got to just support, and you just got to really understand that you was at one time that person, <laughs> you know? And I don't want all these people who reach out to me, because I respond to everybody. Like, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like, oh, he just doesn't. Like, I respond to everybody because I know how hungry you can be to just want that one client. You know, you want that one opportunity. You just want to prove yourself. Yeah. And I just want to be able to teach people that firsthand. So it will include um, styling 101 in addition to designing textiles patterns and also just in reference to having that full 
layout in that full team in order for you to assure that things will go smoothly. You know, build that blueprint, build that black print, make sure that things are smooth, easy, and I just want to be that teacher where if they have any questions or concerns, I do have 24-7 around the clock customer service. So it's literally just reach out. I will gladly respond. I will gladly let them know exactly what they need in order to get to the next level of success. So it's important. Well, we look forward to see it. Definitely, definitely let me know when you start doing the master classes and Absolutely. your um, launches. Huh? DMV collaboration, yes. Oh, yeah, let me know because yeah. I'm going to post it on the um, Friends and Beauty page too. Oh, but, yeah, if you want to collab, let me know. Yes, no, absolutely. It is a must. Is yeah. A must. yeah. So before you go, yes. before you go, uh -oh. I have to ask you uh -oh. some friends in beauty rapid fire questions. Oh, let's do it. So just uh -oh. answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Is <laughs> is it's easy. You'll you'll be great. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first one, what are the top three keys to your success? Top three keys to my success is persistent, being persistent, resiliency, and remaining humble. Nice. How do you measure your success? Um, I measure my success as each opportunity that's provided to me needs to be better than the last project in which I did. I always push myself to consistently be better than the last project. Um, last project could have been something completely different, but I always want to make sure that I am pulling more creativity out of myself. Like, I don't want to ever rely on just just rely on just the regular, what I could just get that's near me. Like, I want to challenge myself. I want to always be able to find new connections, you know, reach out to new people. And, you know, I did that. Like, even with Project Runway last season, after the show was over, I reached out to half of those designers. And they was like, please feel free. Being here in New York City, half their showrooms are right there in Midtown. Like, hey, come in. And then, like, they saw my work. They saw the growth. And, like, they don't know me. So they don't know that this was a process. So literally just making sure to just consistently challenge me. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so important. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice that I've ever received is to consistently stay true to who you are and never change because of the industry standards. You know, you have to always remember who you are as a person. So many people get blindsided by that and so many people lose themselves, you know, because they think that they have to turn into this person that they are not just to be recognized. You know, I pride myself on the fact that I've never ever, you know, been that person who had to, you know, do things for opportunities or, you know, just be fake. Like, I've always been me and I've always been able to put me in what I feel as if I deserve at the forefront. And like, I don't know, I know what I give out, but when people meet me, they're like, your energy is just, it's in place and they appreciate that. And that's one thing that I did definitely just touch on softly is with quarantine and the COVID situation and just with us creators, you know, we have people who are humble and we have people who have been on high horses, but I feel like we're all on the same playing field right now because we, who can go anywhere? Like, you know, we're all on the same playing field. But when you go from being that person to now wanting to humble yourself, I can't believe that because mm. you have shown me who you really are. You've shown me that once you get a, ounce of success it goes to your head and i don't even know who you are anymore like i've worked with you many 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 times yeah. and then we reach out i don't understand who this person is like is this your sister i heard a, it's like a quote or it's like a quote or I, something you know, that i've heard before that kind of says like 
um success kind of success or money just reveals like who a person really truly is it does it just kind of amplifies it it amplifies who they really are yeah it does and for me you know i've been able to be on beautiful sets and you know i just I don't know, regardless of what celebrity, regardless of what opportunity, I could never allow it to change who I am, you know, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that that's just me turning into something I always promised that I would not do, mm-hmm. you know, and I get people who send me that message all the time, like, oh, I see what you're doing, don't act Hollywood the next time I see you, and I'm like, please, you just saw me two weeks ago, it wasn't the same as that person, exactly, right. like, I've always want to be Brian, DDR, same guy, you know, you have those moments when you just have to turn on, like, to let people know that I, I know who I am, you know, you know how to be the face, you know how to educate, you know, I know that I can give you that pressing service, but when the job is over, please have a cocktail, <laughs> like, I'm that guy, like, you know, yeah. nothing changes, so right. it's important. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> yes. What advice would you give to someone who is ready to give up on their dreams of becoming a stylist? Don't. I've been there so many times. I literally have always known that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I remember starting styling in 2012 and just thinking like, ooh, this is not what I thought. Like, you know, like, I'm thinking, hey, I'm a stylist, and woo, work just starts flying your way. And it's just like, I didn't really have a lot of work for the first two, three years, you know? Like, it was me being able to find out what kind of stylist I really wanted to be. Not in just personal fashion wardrobe, but what kind of stylist do you want to be in reference to how you deliver your looks, you know? like how are you assuring that what you're presenting is not only appeasing to your eye, but appeasing to the client and also the world? That's the biggest thing about being an artist is that we have to consistently heal our own creative wounds. We put our work out there for the world to see, and it can be ridiculed. You know, we could say, oh, that was bomb. I know that was hot. And it might not even get the likes that you want, you know, or, you know, it could be screenshotted. Someone could think it's a mess, but you have to be able to put yourself out there, but also heal your own wounds because you are the artist and you knew why you did that project and you know why you feel strongly about it. If the next person doesn't feel strongly about it, you don't let that beat you up. You don't let that change your perspective on why you are in the industry. You take that as a note and you have to realize that you must have tough skin. Tough skin is essential to be in this industry because once again, it is very much so Dougie Doug and very much so Caddy. And each level has a new devil. Mm, my God. <laughs> each level has a new devil. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm done. Look. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. <laughs> What's a resource that's helped you in your business that you can share with the friends and beauty community? So any resource that's just helped you, it could be anything. What resources have helped me? Um, it's a couple, but one, I'm going to give one that I know that people can really like get at any time because some people have stuff that pops up. Oh, please. YouTube. Let's talk about it. YouTube was amazing for me to find a lot of information in which was not available via individuals. Um, I remember when I first started out, I'm like, I need a manager. I need a publicist. Like, and then listening to certain interviews by credible publicists, like you need to be your own publicist as a stylist. You know what you, you know what your brand needs to look like. You know what you want to get out to the world. If you hire another publicist, they can, you know, kind of mislead your vision. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, I've still worked directly with publicists. I've still worked directly with managers who have been able to be a blessing to my career. But it's just one of those things where YouTube helped me out tremendously. I was able to research so many things that I was unable to get answers to. I was able to figure out, even when it came to 
the clothing line. I was able to figure out, wait, what step do I need to do first? What step needs to be second? What step needs to be third? And then, yeah. of course, as you become more tenured in that overall career, you start to understand why those steps were needed. Like, I get it now. I had to do that in order to get to this level, in order for me to get this, so that all of this could sync together. So, you know, don't ever think that just because you send you know, an influencer or a mentor or someone that you feel as if is perfect for you, a message, and they don't respond or they don't get back to you, or they give you an astronomical number of money <laughs> that they need in order to help you, don't think that that is the end all. Feel free to use those resources. I was a avid re I was an avid YouTube researcher when I first started. Like, I was on YouTube consistently looking up how to get polls, how to set up poll sheets, how to do this, how to do that, you know, because I was leaving one career and coming into something that I just I had a passion for yeah, something and totally I didn't have the background you know mm -hmm. this is all freelance but I just knew in my heart that I could no longer be that nine to five person I needed to break the monotony I needed to be able to be a creator you know and I loved it so much that I went nights upon nights without sleep I'm telling you getting off at five getting off at 5 30 traveling to DC VA anywhere getting clothes and just being able to be up all night that's when you know it's your passion that's when you know that you're serious about it because yeah. You don't have a problem getting up for those four and five o'clock call times. But if you got to get up for a nine o'clock job, you're like, oh, God, yeah. I got to go back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's just knowing, you know, just to be able to follow those resources like YouTube and also Instagram. Like I said, for the new people, Instagram has a lot of resources and um, hashtags. Look up the hashtags of information pieces that you need to know. It is there. It is. Any hashtags in particular? Any hashtags, I would say, if you're looking to do the clothing, clothing manufacturers, you can do um, clothing manufacturers, you can do hashtags of prominent cities in which have those manufacturers if you hashtag fashion. Mm -hmm. um, you can also put in, if you want to just do it on the styling side, if you go to different markets, like for instance, being in New York, or if I know I'm going to be in Atlanta, I can put in ATL designers and ATL designers will pop up. I can put in ATL clothing boutiques, ATL um, department stores. Like, you know, every state has something completely different about them. And through those resources, and also don't be afraid. It's always about your, it's your inside. It's about your confidence level. It's about your you feel like you, you start freaking out after you do those posts a little bit because you don't know if it's like, oh my God, I don't know how people are going to view me. But don't be afraid to put up, hey, I will be in this city. Shout out if you know an amazing showroom. Shout out if you know amazing boutiques because that's mm -hmm. how you also create these relationships, you know? You don't always know all of the answers, but those are ways where you can also get additional assistance. It's just the tricks of the trade. Like, you have to be able to want to put that out there. And don't be afraid. Like, you know, I know it's very vulnerable. I know it's a very scary thing because you're like, oh my God, I don't want people to think that I just don't know, you know, everything I need to know. But still, still to this day, every stylist don't know what, everything they need to know there are still a lot of pieces of information that, you know, people need to gather in order to understand. Mm -hmm. So it's a consistent battle, very much so. Yeah. And especially bus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last one, I want you to fill in the blank. Yes. I want you to say, my name is blank, and the key to longevity and success is blank. Oh, yay. Hey guys, this is BDR, and the keys to longevity and success within the fashion, styling, and design world is definitely having humility, making sure to stay true to yourself, and have always reassuring yourself that you are very much so credible of being able to accomplish any given dream or any given desire that you aspire to obtain. It's there for you. 
I'm telling you, this is crazy. This is so good. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate this. Before you go too, I want you yeah. to let everybody know where they can find you, all your social oh, media, yeah, of course. and I'll put it in the show notes. You got it. All right, guys. So you can feel free to follow me on Instagram at BDRStyling. You can feel free to check out my work at www.bdrstyling.com. Coming mid-June, closer to July, feel free to go to that same exact site, www.bdrstyling.com forward slash shop now. That's where you'll find everything BDR Black. Feel free to be one of my VIPs where you will receive a black card. In addition to that, <laughs> you can feel free to follow me on YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash official BDR styling and also Twitter at BDR styling everything BDR styling thank you again and we look forward to seeing everything that you're doing push through push through (laughs) thanks for listening to the friends in beauty podcast don't forget sharing is caring share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe rate and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty, hashtag Friends in Beauty to join the conversation and join our Friends in Beauty Facebook community to stay connected. Talk to you soon.